night showing of balls to it is not suitable for younger viewers and could cause offense. The program may also contain scenes where strobe lighting is present. And welcome to Balls to It. I'm Andrew Clark, hosting again. I'm uh, the host. Like, you're not the host. And that is my brother. Dan, who's the host? Uh, my host. brother Paul is still back. You're not Spartacus. You can't go, I am Spartacus, halfway through the, like, the end. I am the host. No. I, I run the, the show. Right Thanks here. for coming, everybody. Thanks for joining. I've had I some am. messages from my loyal fans this week. Text messages, and, and I appreciate it. Emails. You've been enjoying my sweet voice. I'm Andrew Clark. This week, I'm joined by Daniel Hargreaves and Paul Clark, who clearly think that they're part of the show. I mean, I edit it, organize Good for you. Meeting, I do the run sheet and they just turn admin, admin bit that we spoke about. Because Paul's got a fucking headset, he apparently is the host. Right. Anyway, let's actually do the podcast. So this week, obviously, the uh, Euros is in full swing. You know, England got off to a great start. Hello, Grace. Hi. England got off to a great start and yeah, it was a good 1-0 win against Croatia. The Scots got beat uh, and also obviously the Christian Eriksen thing and uh, we wish him all the best. I'm going to start off, boys. Who has impressed you the most so far? I'll start, shall I? Yeah, be on. my podcast and all that. I did say a few weeks back, I think it might be my first episode, when the ratings flew through the roof, customers come in. What, 19? Italy was pick and so far Italy have scored six goals in two games and conceded a grand total of zero. So Everyone's hyping on about Italy, but they haven't really played anyone, have they? You said Germany had beat France over there, so your opinion doesn't count. You know what? Actually, Germany's my one because Germany, no one spoke about Germany going into this tournament and I think they're actually all right. I think they're a decent, decent team. I'm going to agree with you there, Dan. I I thought Germany were a better team against France and everyone was banging on about how good France were and I was like, Germany was a better team. They just fucked up and scored an own goal early doors. I was too busy, tired for my second vaccine because I'm now fully vaccinated and ready to mingle. Join the club, Paul. You've had two vaccines as well, Dan. Yeah, Yeah, man. One yeah. in each arse cheek. I'm not talking about yeah. the HIV vaccine, mate. Nah, neither have I. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the clap one. Dan's <laughs> <laughs> had several of those. Yeah. Just make it clap. <laughs> Am I the only one who's not fully vaccinated then? Probably. And you're the host? Yeah, um, no, he's not. He's not the host. Yeah, true. Only ho- only vaccinated people can host this kind of thing. You should be oh, wearing a mask. On your keyboard, Bob's after your admin. Is. You wearing a mask or a muzzle? <laughs> Looks like he is actually with that face. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> okay, so yeah, no. To be fair, I've been quite impressed with Italy. I have because uh, you know my dream team points are going through the roof because I identified Immobile and uh, and Donnarumma as uh, Donnarumma even as uh, as the people from a dream team. But I I agree with Dan. I don't think they have played anyone. Turkey is shy. One thing I would say about Italy is they don't play like an Italian side, do they? They're really they're really attacking. I would always have said like an Italian a, a, a traditional Italian uh, team would be like on the back foot defensive slow pass it around wait for opportunities blah blah but this Italian team is right on the front foot they're really attacking which is nice to see but again they haven't really played anyone and I think with their defence being so old if they're playing game after game that, that they're going to tire and if they come against someone 
with say they come against France, for instance, Mbappe is going to run all over that defence. Yeah, do you know what though? Again, Mbappe, he did two things in that France game, and he, he ran really quick. And Hummels actually got back and tackled him, but all they were talking about was how quick he was against Hummels. And then he scored an offside goal, fair play. But the rest of the game, he was missing. He did exactly the same thing in the Champions League. Um, he just went missing for the whole game. It was like everyone talks about him, but actually he does very little in the way of affecting the game. Griezmann was way better up top for France than, than Mbappe was. I've been impressed by Belgium um, in the first game and Denmark, to be fair, they're playing at the moment, so I know... He, lo- he, he loves you Belgium. Love Belgium I do love Belgium. I'm trying to keep an eye on the score because they've just taken the lead and are now beating Denmark, so... Um, Is it Lukaku? No, it's Kevin De Bruyne. Oh, he's just come on as well, isn't he? Did yeah, he start? Uh, also, also in my dream team, may I add uh, Kevin De Bruyne? Yeah, no, he came in at half-time and he set up yeah. one and scored one. Um, okay. Has Lukaku scored? Not today. He scored in, he, no. scored, uh, he scored two in the first game. Yeah, but I've got, I've got you... a better eye. I need him to have 10 shots on target uh, in this tournament. Mind you, I need Harry Kane and Mbappe too. So I've been impressed with Belgium. The fact that they've come from 1-0 down in that. Denmark were outplaying them in the first half. Quite impressed with them. Denmark were a decent team as well. Obviously, they've probably got things at the back of their mind that's a little bit more... And they did lose to Finland. But I just think... Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. If they lose this, are they going out? Yeah, yeah. If yeah, they yeah, lose they this one, they'll be pretty yeah. much... Which basically means my sweepstake at work has gone down the pot. Probably I'm the first team out of the fucking. Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I just like ask something as well? You know this third place, uh, best third place runner up or whatever gets qualified. Like how, like how many points do you need for that? Like, roughly four. Would you say four? Three or four. It depends on your goal difference as well. So like it's four teams from what six, seven groups. I can't. How many groups are there? Eight. Six, the eight groups. Six so, teams from eight groups. So that's mad. No, no, it's not right. That's it's no. Four, it's it's four, four, six, six groups. There's six groups. Groups, aren't there? And there's yeah, four teams from four six groups. So it's like I'd say three or four points you need. I know Portugal got through with three points, didn't they? They didn't win a game. They drew all oh, three games. I've been really disappointed with with actually with France and Germany. Germany were poor, but so were France. And I actually think people France have been talking. No, they were. This is the it. First I think... game, Bob's. Yeah, a lot of people would say England were poor, but the, the first game against Germany, like no one wants to, it's going to be a cagey affair regardless. Like no one wants to lose. They come up against like one of the best teams and one of the favourites as well. Like it's going to be a stalemate. That would draw it all over it really if it wasn't for that own goal. You can see it a mile away. It's a slow burner, isn't it? Burners, the big yeah. teams ain't going to go. I mean, to be fair, like I say, Italy have impressed because they've won their opening two games 3 0. But you look at it from the other point of view that you don't win the tournament by going smashing Hungary or yeah. teams. Early doors, no. you know these group stages. Really, to me, the boring me. They're like glorified because it's just really yeah, th- that's it. And it's only going to get big time in the next rounds and stuff like that yeah. when big teams meet big teams. I mean, tomorrow, like we're playing like the England C team or whatever they are. Well, you've got you two are bigging up Scotland. And look what happened there. I was. Where did we be? Hang on, don't you come with? We were bigging up Scotland, Mister Denmark of the Dark Horses. You yeah. said that Scotland with the Dark Horses were both wrong. Let's just say that. Not um, hang on a second. I didn't say that they were dark horses with four legs. I just said they were dark horses. If you look at their emblem, they've got a kind of horse kind of thing. Don't try and, and backtrack. They play, they're playing a dark top. You know, you know what I mean? Don't try and backtrack. Yeah. Don't try and backtrack. Yeah. You've got lumps from the halfway line. Alan yes, McGregor. <laughs> Do you know what I loved about that? Is that he got, he got you when you were in goal yeah, That's it, yeah. Yeah, but he also got lobbed. We've got a lot to talk about later. We'll get to that. Don't worry okay, about yeah, that. Okay, okay. Let's talk about getting Bob's, yeah, Bob's lobbing. Okay. Hang on, hang on. I mean, at we least he's he 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 he
It's no, just... no, we ain't got the time. No, no, we ain't got no time and pops here, no. <laughs> yeah, but I've been quite. But I thought I think the tournament's been all right. I think the standard of football has been quite good. The Netherlands versus uh, Ukraine was an unbelievable game of football. But then was I'm it an good... unbelievable game of football? Or was it just two really average teams just going like basketball? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I enjoyed though. It was it, no, it was good standard. Like the quality of Yarmolenko's goal was unreal, and he's. St- like the fact they came to um back from 2-0 down and then obviously that the Dutch scored late on to win it was was quality it was a quality game um I think Spain had been shit but there was just like old school Spain pass 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 but with no end product at all the Spain game was really boring but again yeah. I don't take too much from the first fixtures again it's like a glorified friendly especially with the third place um qualifying as well I just, I just it's one of them I think it, it's it's a, a way of just easing into the tournament like but no one wants to lose cagey affair you can already tell the second run of fixtures coming through there's certain teams that have to win Wales for instance and it's a little bit more to it a little bit more bite to the game which uh, which is which is nice and the third quite, game will be even better I was quite impressed with Wales uh, yesterday first game they were shocking but yesterday they, they proper dictated that game and deserve to win. Turkey just haven't shown up at We're all. We're playing a bunch of Christmas dinners. Yeah. <laughs> um, That'd been awful as well, Turkey. Didn't Ian say Turkey was going to be one of the underdogs or something? Yeah. Or something? They were a good team. They're absolutely awful. Leaking goals are fun. On paper, Turkey are quite decent. They've got players that are playing at big clubs. Unfortunately, just... football's played on grass. All right. <laughs> this is uh, the host, ladies and gentlemen. On paper. Looking on paper. On paper, Blues were going to sign Ian right back in the day. Were we? What sign that would be? Love that. Still might. <laughs> <laughs> we need a striker. <laughs> Let's talk about the big one, though, uh, as this will go out just before it as well. Uh, England, Scotland. Now, the big one. It's a local derby. Let's be honest. It's the the local. It's the oldest international fixture in the world. Okay, okay. Now, let me put a club equivalent to it. It's yeah. like Manchester City playing Rushton and Diamonds who are out of business. Big fixture. Oh, big fixture. It's not though, is it? It's not. Of course it is. Scotland is shit. We are going so to absolutely. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to apologise to my Scottish listeners. If you're Scottish listener, Mr. Scott, you're shit. They are going to be awful again. Like, literally, if Green, I, I, I got a feeling Greenish will start tomorrow, and I think if he does, he's going to run all over them. <laughs> Weren't Greenish training on his own? That's how much Southgate likes him. Sends him to train on his own. <laughs> no, I, d- I don't think he does. I don't think he does start. I think like the team selection on Sunday. Like I, I was sat on the train on the way back from Nottingham, and I was raging. I was sat there going, for fuck's sake, Calvin Phillips, for fuck's sake. And you know what? I want to apologise to Calvin Phillips. He was the best player. He was unreal. Although, I will say this. One game doesn't make a a top, top player. He needs to do it again in the next game and again and become consistent. Can can I throw something out there? The thing that annoyed me most about England, and it'll annoy me again tomorrow, is Harry Kane's sudden feeling that he's now like a Lionel Messi type figure where he can drop into a hole and dictate play and stuff like that. Harry Kane's a goal scorer in behind him. Do the, you know, the the creativity. He's just just be there to score goals. And it's it's since, in fairness, it's it's since he was working with Mourinho that he started to do it. You know, and I can understand it for Tottenham because... Tottenham ha- don't have an abundance of young talent and you no know, you're looking at Mason Mount Phil Foden um, Jack Grealish Sterling you know the list goes on and on we've got players who can get the ball and feed Kane but when he's dropping deep there isn't a massive goal for it and that's my one worry going deep in this tournament for England is we need him scoring goals not trying to play as a false nine so to yeah. speak I think it's because obviously the two people next to him as well like Sterling Foden would like to want to more direct they're not ones for like crossing the ball in and supplying as much are they they're the ones for like running at them and 
running at the defence, stretching the game. If um, Trent Arnold was on the pitch, he's the one that was would normally be that deliverer of the ball, but he's not. Um, I can't think of anyone else in the team who's got that in him to get the ball out wide and swing in across for, for Kane. And I don't think England actually play that way anymore in terms of like getting it out wide and crossing it in. I think it's more direct. Hence why Kane's was getting yeah. frustrated. I think he starts either Shaw or Chilwell, though, who can do that to, um, tomorrow. I don't think he'll play Trippier at left-back again. I think Scotland... I think they'll be a completely different team, to be honest. Well, the, the, the big guns will still be in there, but I think I think there'll be quite a few changes. I don't think you'll have two holding midfielders. I don't know. It, it seems to be his style. I, I, I don't think we need to have it, but... need to against Scotland. Who, who do we drop? Does he push Calvin Phillips a little bit further forward, or does he get dropped off to the bench? Like, what about Sancho? Like, apparently, Sancho couldn't play the other day for, for some reason. Some UEFA ruling said that he couldn't play in the first game. Uh, I, heard that this, I heard that. I heard it this morning on TalkSport and I was like, that sounds a bit dodgy to me. But I, I do think he, he changes left back. I think Shaw or Chilwell will start. I actually think Kyle Walker might drop to the bench and maybe Reese James starts. It's win-win, isn't it? Our squad's in depth. Like, if he changes the whole team, it's still going to be as strong. So it doesn't really matter. But as long as we get the three, three points and bag at least four goals, it'll be all right. I think if Kane does stay up front, he, he, will, he will create chances for him. Like, Sterling can create chances for him. The same for Foden, Mount. Yeah. I actually don't think, like a lot of people, again, I thought Mount didn't really do much against Croatia. He just did what he needed to do. I do think we should have put at least two or three passes. I do feel like, okay, we missed a chance with Kane and Foden hit the post. But I do feel like the, that first 15 minutes, we absolutely battered them. Um, we should have really been one or two up in the first 10 minutes. I think Scotland, Scotland will come at us because of the occasion. I just don't, I just don't think they're talented enough. I think Robertson and Tierney will probably be, and McTominay and McGinn were the only real threat. Like they, they started with Lyndon Dyke. I think they'll start with Che Adams tomorrow and I don't feel like Che Adams will threaten us enough. No, we'll batter I think it'll be at least 3-0. I don't want to make a prediction because I've been quite wrong in this Euro so far. But The thing is, what I'm saying, what I'm thinking is because Scotland have to come out, they have to get something from the game, whether or not it's just holding on to a 0-0 or coming in and attacking us. And I think attacking us is going to be their worst nightmare because it's going to leave space at the back. We've got too much pace, too much creativity up front and we're just going to open them up. Simple as that. I think if, if they would have beaten the Czechs in the first game, they they can afford they can afford the draw. They can afford just to put men behind the ball and kind of make it hard for us to shut down. But they need something out of this game, and they want something out of this game. And I think if they pull the fort, the, the they bought they put men forward, it's going to leave more space. I can see what you're saying, and I just think we're, there's a couple of like big games coming off as well over the weekend. Obviously, I think Portugal have got Germany next, haven't they? That's a big game. I just think the Euros itself has actually been decent, but I think that, that up, when you're up to the, to the 24, like some of the quality has gone from the tournament. Like when it was 16, they were the 16 best teams in Europe at the time. Like 24, any old... I mean, North Macedonia went out today, actually. I think they're the first team that has actually gone out, not not Denmark, who are about to go out. Like they had a 35-year-old striker, Goran Pandev, playing for them. And it's great for those nations, but also it's devaluing the competition slightly. So, yeah, what are your predictions for England's Scotland then? You've said 3 0. Yeah. Yeah. Paul? 5 0. So, I'm going to be a bit more conservative. I think we'll beat them 2 0. I think we'll we'll just do a job on them um, and build ourselves towards the Czech Republic game. I actually fancy Czech Republic to do Croatia as well. So, I think actually by the end of tomorrow, both of a, both teams, both Scotland and, and Croatia, could be out of the tournament. Um, 
if we do win and the Czech Republic beat uh, at Croatia, I think one of them can sneak through in the third place playoff, but it'd be highly unlikely. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're going to move on to the next part, which is Dan's favourite things. Chocolate hobnob, chocolate digestive, rich tea can fuck off. Those are a few of my favourite things. What are yours, girl? Wee. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, um, like the Euros ones, Euros Daily, blah, blah. And I've been listening to a lot of stuff from like Bellingham, Grealish, for instance. And they're all talking about um, the, the, being part of this England team is one of their greatest sporting achievement, etc. So I want to talk about, have a think about your own favourite um, or sporting achievement. So have a think, go back, or, or sporting moment. If you think about like goal scored, um, or I don't know, you've you've come on and done something in a game. Like, what is the one thing that you can think about in your own personal okay. experience that you you think fondly of in terms of your own sporting achievements? Okay, I'm going to start with this one because there is something that sticks out in my mind. Now, a few years back, obviously, it's been mentioned already on this podcast. I played in goal for uh, the old wagon and horses. Um, we had a great kit shit team, and we played an incredible t- name team called Boca Seniors uh, in a cup game game and they were a league above us and so my brother also plays in goal turned off I ain't playing on that pitch I'm thought he was Billy Big Bollocks uh, wagon lane didn't want to play on the play in the team we had I just stayed I weren't at that game but crack you, on you were no no I definitely wasn't and then so a couple of the, our players who were former academy players uh, were like were two Rolls Royce to, to play on the, in this game and we ended up playing with 11 we had 12 players and he's making it up no this is true L- extra time looms we're winning 3-2 last minute ball comes through they, they've got this quick striker and I tip it round the post. And the referee didn't even see it. It was such a great save. So it didn't happen. No, it didn't. And after after the game, we won against all odds. And I thought that was a great game. It was one of the, to be fair, I don't have that many great sporting achievements, to be honest. Can I, can I ask a I'm question? Not, I'm not oh. the best sportsman in the world. Could anyone who was part of this so-called team at some point, please, when uh, Andrew puts the podcast out, confirm that this actually happened? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. Dan looks confused. I'm completely lost. I, apparently, I turned up at a game that I can't remember and didn't want to play. <laughs> you know, you were a bit, it's the you... tipping it around the post thing that got me. It's just, it's, it's very oh, yeah. it's not, not even not... the ref scene is. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. It's one of those things of like these things did happen. I did actually make saves, not often, but I did make them. And actually, it was horrendous conditions. And we beat a team that was a league above us. Like, I don't have many great sporting memories, to be honest with you. I, I really don't. I didn't score that many uh, goals. To be honest, I could talk about rugby, but then you'd both be like, yeah, did we slap each other uh, in the, on the arse in uh, in the showers? So I'm yeah, That's what Dan wanted to hear. Yeah, yeah, I, was, I, was, yeah I was trying to get some stories out of you, but anyway, you got a pack of juniors instead of seniors. Pack of seniors? Great. Uh, um, to be fair, Dan, you put me on the spot. Lots of different things. I know. Um, it doesn't have to be one. There's one fond memory. No, I'll t- t- tell, tell you what I'll go with, because it makes me laugh. Um, obviously, I was fortunate to captain the cricket team at Newman University, which people laugh about because I did it for two years. So it was pretty grand. Two years, no wins. <laughs> Doesn't matter about wins, mate. Names in the wickets column, that's what I had. Anyway, yeah. forget that. That's not what it is. There was a game that we did play. I think we'd left the wagon and become Sporting Castle. And we had a game, I think it was at Brockhurst. And we were playing, I, can't, I couldn't even tell you the name of the team. Oh, shit. I was kind of like running things at the time. And I was a substitute. Um, I obviously picked the starting team. 
Um, the game was 2-2 um, and it was about 20 minutes left and I decided to make a tactical change. <laughs> now, my tactical change was to take off um, our striker, Simon Laidley, who oh, may yeah, listen yeah. to this podcast. Simon, yeah. physical presence, quick, dynamic, and bring on myself, not a physical presence other than being large and not very quick. <laughs> Whilst making this substitution, one of our listeners, I won't mention no names, but is the brother of one of the people who are doing this podcast. And if you know that my brother's only got one brother, you'll know who that is. <laughs> was playing centre-back and asked me what the fuck I was doing. Am I trying to throw away the game? Ten minutes later, after scoring a brace and going on to set up another two and we won 8-2, I could be revered as a mastermind, a Mike Bassett of my day, a <laughs> goal scoring machine. That was the funniest thing because I, I was on the sidelines watching this game and I stood next to Simon who had been substituted and he was, he was vexed at this point. Like, and every goal that you scored, Paul, just got him more angry and I was cracking up. But the third goal, one of the goals that you scored, when you outpaced the centre-backs through and you just you went on one and you, just, you outpaced the centre-back and slotted it home. And I just looked up. I remember I was looking up at Simon's face, thinking that could have been you, <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't. It's I funny was... because I remember that game. They had a, a lad who was like a, a centre midfielder, and he had a reputation, I think, in the league of being quite a, a bit of a nutter. And um, <laughs> I remember I got the ball, and I was on a fourth turn on the halfway line. <laughs> Beat two players, and he turned around and goes, "Wow, the big man's got some skills, you know." <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. So, and, yeah. And, yeah, that was that the was same so game. Fun. That was the same game. So I took it round the keeper and hit the bar. So he had an open goal. So like, I was in goal that day and I just remember thinking, oh, what's he doing? Why is he bringing, why is he bringing himself on? Sai's got it. Sai's got the pace on these defenders. <laughs> it was nothing personal, to be honest with you. Uh, I also, it was a double substitution that I made at that time. She and the game was t- off as well. It was 2-2 and I brought on Paul Whitehead and myself. Paul scored two, I scored two, I set up two and we won (laughs) 8-2. I'm not going to lie, I mean, that's just genius. Probably luck. It was so funny. funny. I remember the the centre-back shouting, like you outpaced him and he was like, he's deceivingly quick, what could he do? (laughs) The midfielder was like, what? People judging the book by the cover, put the burners on. Taking off an absolute athlete in Simon. (laughs) Replacing yourself, ridiculous. Really banging in a brace. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh my god, Dan, what's your favourite sport in memory? Well, I've got, I've got, you know, me being the sportsman that I am, I could pick from many, many, many different stories of winning more, scoring goals. He's definitely well. going with a free kick for Tiger Tigers. Oh, you know what? That was one of them. It was, <laughs> it was one of the two. It was actually, it was either scoring the free kick from what fifty-six yards. Um, and winning the game for us in the box loving the keeper making him cry I could have went for that one um, but I actually my fondest memory I think is the is it Warwick uh, Warwick Uni away pool when I scored the winner for us away at oh, for the, oh yeah 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 Yeah, and I scored the winner um, and it took us top and it was um, it was 3-2 in the end so I scored no no it was Fingy was it Dan um, Worcester Worcester because loads of players had gone back to Ireland hadn't they for yeah, like yeah. the half term thing and we yeah. like, did it I had a really good game that game, by the way. Just throwing that out there. What is that? I had a really good game that game. Yeah, it was a cracking game. A great pitch as well. Um, I come on a sub. It was two-two. It was quite. It was quite tight. Last five minutes, bang one in. But I think more so than that, it was the journey home when everyone got absolutely smashed on the um, on the the bus back. And it was just, um, yeah, it was quality. I always think about that moment. But you know, I could have have picked loads of goals. (laughs) 
free kicks. Free kick for Ties the Tigers was brilliant because you whipped it in the top corner and the keeper started yeah. crying. The keeper yeah, started crying. That was the first game of the season and you made the, you'd, like basically you and Ian always used to target a player to abuse and you abused him that bad and then whipped a free kick in that he started crying. If only you tipped it around the post like you. That team made me laugh because... Um, right, right back that day. Like, do you remember Muad? Yeah, yeah, no idea. That guy's just like give him the ball and he just take on like 15 yeah. players. He scored 50 he goals before Christmas. He scored 50 goals before Christmas. Him and him and Yassin, the Yassin, dads yeah. wouldn't let they wouldn't let them play. So they used yeah. to pretend they were like going to school or something to do extracurricular yeah, yeah. activities on a Sunday. Yeah, unbelievable Yassin. talent. I remember playing right back and Yassin used to make. I didn't have to do anything. He used to do all the running. I just literally. Every so often, try and block a shot or something. I literally did nothing every game. It was great. It was possibly the best tactics we've uh, we've ever employed. Put Yassin on the right and put Bob's behind him. Bob's can't really fuck up then. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I enjoy those memories. Good fucking 17, 18 years ago. What am I doing now? Sitting doing a podcast in my bed. Living the dream. Right. Um, because Ian's not here this week, we're not going to do Taylor's tips. Uh, the charity hacker really, we're struggling with it. We'll, we'll come back to it. We'll do a bit of research later on in the podcast. Uh, but that's going to bring us on to the next segment, which is Swiper No Swiping. I need your help to stop swiping. You have to say Swiper No Swiping. Say it with us. Swiper No Swiping. Swiper No Swiping. Swiper, no swiping! Oh, man! Thank you very much. This week, I thought I'd tie it in with uh, the Euros. So I've had a look, obviously, what's gone on in the Euros this week and how I can um, put that into something to do with real life. So what I've decided to do for the poll this week is ask the question, is the word worldy used far too easily in life and in sport? So my example is this. When the Czech Republic player Schick or whatever his name was scored the second goal against Scotland from near enough the halfway line, that was classed as a worldy. And you can't really take away from him, regardless of where Alan McGregor was. He's Alan literally, Marshall. Yeah, McGregor, Marshall. They're all the same. They're all Max, Mux, Mux, Scots. We look at it and think, well, that was a worldy because the way he hit the ball, it's started to the left and he curled it went straight in beautiful now I've heard people describe people as worldies in the past which is dubious now my question to you is is the word worldie often misinterpreted when worldies are not worldies I'll go I think the worldies um, in regards to people is used far too easily um, and there have been there are so many stories um, of people uh, that I know um, who have started dating someone or started talking to someone and said oh Dan I'm talking to this one person uh, this one girl she's an absolute worldie um, I was like continuing the conversation I was like oh go on let's have a look at her mate she's far far from a worldie one of which was just a ridiculous it's just, it's just a woman you know what I mean it's just a woman who's taken an interest in a man and all of a sudden she becomes a worldie because they've taken an interest in him. So yeah, it's far too easy. A worldie, in, in my opinion, is, is is too overused for people. But in sport, a worldie's a worldie. Top bins. Yeah, game on. I'll choose anything as a worldie. Um, yeah, I'm going to agree with Dan here uh, because I feel like... Have you used worldie before as, as a person, Bubs, and turns out it's not a worldie? Possibly, yes. Hmm. Um, I, can, I agree. Uh, yeah. I, I think perception is what is one of those things. I think it is a perception thing. Um, so I'm just gonna yeah move. I think in football, in rugby, obviously, <laughs> when a when a, a world class when a world class play or something 
like unbelievable happens like describing it as a world it's okay some some goals aren't as world class as some people describe them but to be described as a world I'm thinking like Peter Crouch against Man City a few years back for Stoke that's a worldie um, Yarmolenko the other day that's a worldie Schick again. your save yeah. where Bokasini is worldie 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 um, see yeah. I've got a, a thing that I feel I mean forget about worldies in real life because you know <laughs> The stories that could be told, and oh, no. there's there's places in the world where worlds don't exist. <laughs> Some fucking Yorkshire towns or something like that. There's definitely no world is existing around there. Anyway, in sport, I feel that it is also used far too often. A, a goal that's a good goal, yeah. And you you go, you know, you might even get a message out in your group. Oh, did you see such and such goal? It was a worldie, and you're watching, you think, ah, it was all right. You know, when you in my eyes, when you're talking worldies, you know, I'm thinking Decanio Volley back in the yeah. day. I'm thinking um, Rooney bicycle kick against Man City. Yeah. Okay, it hit his shin, but yeah. to even that attempt that, that against Villa. Oh, yeah, worldie. Paul Scholes against Villa when Kiroi had his grey tracksuit bottoms on. Yeah. Um, you know, th- there's things that stand out, but you know, I bet people have. Um, classed goals as well as in the past that you probably can't even remember anymore yeah, yeah. they don't get talked about but you, you, you'll see things that are repeated time and time again that are classic like Cantona Cantona yeah. against Sunderland when he dinked it and he put his collar up and just stood yeah. there that's a worldie because it's still relevant people still go wow what I always think of like worldies as like a spectacular individual goal like from distance like oh, I wouldn't class a team passing goal as a worldie like you know if like you had like 60 odd passes between the team finished it off I was like oh that's a worldie I always think of worldie as like a thunder bastard like a thunder bastard yeah from like 40 yards out like a Van Persie goal against uh, the Villa one absolute worldie love how all these against Villa it's fucking phenomenal (laughs) that is that is that's the pinnacle of worldie though isn't it that's an absolute unbelievable and the Alan Shearer one from outside the box Stern John goal against Villa worldie it means like two yards out but almost shanked it it over the bar (laughs) so yep the poll's gonna be basically it's just gonna be is the word worldie used too much in sport and life yes or no or I might add another point to the poll where it's I don't give a shit (laughs) okay yeah no that's fair um, okay, so we'll move on from that one. That's a, that was a good one. Quite enjoyed that. Of course you did. Right, so we're going to move on to a new <laughs> a new thing. So I, I've been watching um, the AFL quite a bit, uh, Aussie Rules Football, oh. because it's on early doors and I wake up really early on a Saturday morning. And because the Australian A-League isn't the greatest uh, sport <laughs> standard in the world of, of football, um, <laughs> I've decided to start watching the AFL. And I actually really got into it. Do I have a clue what is going on? Absolutely not. I'm still trying to learn the rules. I'm pretty sure that, like, it's just an organised fight in a, in a cricket ground. But I've really started to enjoy it. And my question to you is, do you have an obscure sport like AFL? I know it's not obscure in Australia, but over here, it's not really played. It's not really well known. That you quite enjoy and you like watching or you'd like to participate in. Now, we talked about this before, about a sport we'd like to participate in. Obviously, the pole vault, my pole vault dreams have been shattered by our listeners because no one gives a shit. So, um, yeah, so AFL, I quite enjoy it. It's quite a good sport. Um, like the Richmond Tigers. Um, I tried to get into it when I was over there, but it was more cricket season. But yeah, I really enjoy it, boys. Do you have a sport? Yeah, I'll start, Dan, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was looking forward to this part last week because I had it all in my head, like what I wanted to say. Now, 
I know we talked about darts a few weeks ago, but my problem is uh, female darts. No, and you laugh, but let me put this to you, right? No, there's 19 viewers. We're about to get about 10, I think. I think we're going to drop in viewers. No, because the thing I've got a question is, back when I was a lad, you didn't really have female darts per se with your Fallon Sherricks and your Lisa Ashtons, your Dieter Hedmans. See, I know names of darts, female darts players, but what they did have about 11 o'clock on an evening on Television X was topless darts. No, I'm all for topless darts. I want it to come back. And I think the viewing figures for female darts would definitely rise if it was topless. Did they actually have that, topless darts? Yeah, it used you, to be Did on you never that. watch topless darts? No, it was on live it. TV. It was on live oh TV, wasn't it? It was well, just Dan, you need to go on the internet and check oh it out, mate. Hilarious. No, they did, they did not Just have hard. Raymond Van Barneveld with his top off playing darts, mate. It was just women. Yeah, of course. Can you imagine the guy in the boardroom who suggested that? Right, we need we need a spike in sales for the female darts. No one's watching us, guys. What can we think of? Uh, maybe get them to take their tops off. <laughs> Great idea, Clive. <laughs> okay, you know the, the the female players who take it seriously might not want to participate. But I think that you know there'd be a market there. You look at these women who these own OnlyFans accounts and stuff like that, trying to make money the best way they can. You know, throw a few hundred quid at them, have a game of darts. Doesn't matter about the score. No one cares. <laughs> Watching... I, I can't think of anything that is going to put some good out of that conversation. But... Yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine anyone now. Right. Here we go, Dan. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. This is for you, Dan, because you haven't participated right. yet in this subject. Okay. Would you rather watch Bob's Australian Rules Football or whatever hell he's watching at six mm. o'clock on a Saturday morning? Absolutely. Or would not. you rather watch Topless Darts? <laughs> Topless Darts all day. But that's <laughs> it. <laughs> that's so a my stupid question. Though, get out, back on. <laughs> so my obscure sport that I'd like you know, to get involved in again. He's topless darts. <laughs> I wonder if there's a male version with their todgers out. Todger darts. Todger darts, yeah. That's a dangerous, that's a dangerous sport, though. That's just if you, you and him when you're drunk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, those days. Dan? Um, topless darts, I think. <laughs> I think, yeah, really getting into it. So. I wonder who the world champion is at topless darts. Did they have a world darts topless championship? Like? Tits McGee, obviously. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Dan's ridiculous. never seen it. I'm very disappointed. My mind's, Dan, gone. My mind's gone. I know, yeah. But you think this... Dan thought this was some kind of sick joke. This was a real yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. They, don't do, they don't do topless ASL thing wherever you're watching, do they, Bob? So... No, they just wear super cool vests. Okay. What? The men? We don't wear any vests in my sports. It's a women's version of it, mate. I look topless. No. Then I'm not interested. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I only watch topless sports now from now on. <laughs> Topless female sports. Yeah, Something you could try. Yeah, 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 boost. Like How many female listeners we got? Quite a few. Most of the uh, people at work. I don't know. All, ask it, ask it to, to be interesting. To all the female listeners who are um, upset and snowflakes about the idea of reinventing topless darts, I don't apologise in any particular way at all. If you'd like to sue me, good for you. I've got fucking nothing to give. Um, I feel like if they get a bullseye, we have to throw jelly on them or something. <laughs> Whipped cream. <laughs> Whipped cream, yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Oh, it up a bit. Okay, then. Andrew, I know this is like, for, for the viewers, Andrew's very upset by this and he clearly seeing his face. Yeah, it's not the way he thought not, this was going to go. He's not enjoying <laughs> it. So, okay, we'll, we'll go with a different look, outlook on things. I don't want you to edit it. I don't want you to get rid of the idea of the starts because people might enjoy it and think it's a great idea. But the, the other way we could do it so it's a bit more politically correct. If we have a women's tournament and they throw a score of less than 60, they then have to remove a piece of clothing. We're not playing strict darts. Why? Well, that's fair. It, it, yeah. it, it increases. 
it'll make them yeah, practice more. Pressure, yeah. You know, obviously it doesn't matter when they're down to a finish under 60, that doesn't count. But starting at 5.01, you know, if they can't score more than 60 points, you know, off with a top or off with yeah. a pair of pants or something, you know. You know yeah. it, and then if you're fully naked, you then lose that set if you haven't already like, lost some points. What would you start with if you had taken an item off with your top or pants? Well, your shoes, wouldn't you? With. you go with your left shoe. <laughs> I'll go full first. I'll take off jeans first. <laughs> like you stand there a bit wonky, like one shoe off and one, and then you start getting your socks off and stuff like that. Oh yeah. I mean, you'd have you'd have like female darts players coming on in like big massive jackets and coats and all sorts, sweating. I'll go. <laughs> I'll take jeans off, then pants, and I'll leave my shoes, socks on. <laughs> so I reckon we go with that. I reckon if Eddie Hearn. He's listening now. He's the match room person. He gets onto the darts um, president or the the you know officer. He's, he's the chairman of the PDC, isn't he? He is, he is but he's not the. There's, there's some other fella that kind of like oversees their tournaments side of things. I don't know who he is, but yeah. So for the female ones, like obviously reboost the thing. Let's play like strip darts. Or just topless darts, either and or. Let's put it to a poll. We'll do two polls this week. Would oh, you prefer strip darts or topless darts or Dan's todger darts? No one wants Dan's todger darts. No one. It comes yeah. with a, a, a free a free side of clap. Okay, let's move on from there because the, that is not the way I wanted this part that part to go. We're gonna do charity yaka. <laughs> Everybody's gonna pay. Cause the million dollar man always gets his way. Okay, so we've we've made our decisions after a slight break. Um and I'm gonna go with Portugal to beat Germany at eleven to five. Dan? Sweden! Sweden at four to five to beat Slovakia and Paul. I'm gonna go for Hartley Paul to be promoted to the Football League by beating Torquay at 8-5. Yeah, and that is a treble that pays £149.80 if it comes in. Right, we're going to move on to the last bit of the show, which is generally on the clock, but seems to go out of the window as soon as I set the clock because you all ha- I have something to say. And this one, it's quite a short one, um, so I'm going to give you two minutes on the clock. Oh, for fuck's sake. And it is BBC or ITV's coverage of the Euros. Which is better, Paul? You're on the clock. Well, ITV have Roy Keane. ITV have Ali McCoist. ITV have Clive Tilsler. The only thing ITV are missing is top starts. So, <laughs> basically, for me, ITV's coverage is better. The only thing that pisses me off about ITV, other than not having top starts on yet, is the adverts. Mm. Um, and tomorrow, they're going to be using Sam's Matterface instead of Clive Tilsley, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. They've got Mark Pugach, who's got a really shit surname. It annoys me. But other than that, I'm going to go Team ITV. Okay. And BBC, mate, you pay a, a TV licence as well. Wankers. Okay, Dan? Yeah, I agree. Same reasons, I think. Um, I do like Gary Lineker, though, as a presenter. Um, I've always been a fan of his. Um, but I, he's one of the podcasts I listen to. He does a podcast called Match of the Day with him, Alan Shearer, and Mika Richards. 
Um, and they're really interested to talk to like and talk about it, they share some good stories and stuff. Um, but on a whole, ITV um, have like Piper Tilsley, best commentator in the world. Um, so if you're going to watch the football, we might as well be with him talking to you about it. Um, Roy Keane again, hilarious from his point of view. So that's always interesting. Um, but yeah, the only downfall is is the um, is the commercials. And w- the one thing I do miss as well, like remember like the, the old school opera theme tunes as well, like the one that used to really pump you up for a tournament. Neither of which have got that anymore they've gone a bit hip on it i don't like it i want like a proper euros opera song that gets you real fired up for the start of a game and neither of which have pulled through this year this tournament which i hate um but overall bob's icd shit question but um, i agree paul um i'm also going to agree but this is the first time i've ever thought that itv have had the better coverage usually it's absolutely dog shit keep having roy Keane, ali mccoy and clive tilsley are like a creme de la creme of like partnership but like like you said, Sam Matterface is going to be the commentator tomorrow. McCoy's going to be there, but Matterface just isn't great. He was never great on Sky Sports. He was decent enough on Talk Sport, but he's just not. There's no excitement in his voice. There's no like passion for it. It just seems like he's go like running through the mill. BBC have been appalling. Like some of the, the coverage for BBC has been terrible. But Linick is the better hoster. I do get that. But I do, yeah, that's 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 the truth. All right, and uh, that is the end of the podcast. Boobs out. Um, I have been. Andrew Clark from Paul Clark and Daniel Hargreaves. We'll hope to see you next week if you don't stop listening um, after Paul's tirade on topless darts.